Yo, what is up? It is Monday. I got the day right. March 28th. There's snow in Syracuse. People are getting slapped all over the place. <laughs> We've got to just talk about a few things before we talk about a few things. Everywhere I go, people really want to know who I is and who I be. They stop and stay with Okay, we're just gonna. Okay, wait. You do it. No, okay, we weren't gonna do it. But no, 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 you, no, you made it sound like say. everybody in the world is getting slapped. Well, <laughs> it's like a whole new thing. Well, here, here's how we're, to we're gonna leave this. <laughs> we're gonna leave this right here. This is gonna be the one place on the internet where we don't talk about it. So today, we're actually talking about uh, a lot of things that have been going on. We got a story um, about you and some Chipotle. We're, we're kind of going so like good. broad scale. The landscape is shifting everywhere. We're gonna draw a little attention to a lot of different little indicators today. Um, want to talk about first the fact we mentioned on Friday that uh, we have some new team members in Asodu. Can't wait for you to meet them. Oh. We're also hiring a few new team members for Asodu. So, I mean, we need some a partner development help. That means somebody that can really bring our sponsors and our partners tons of value. Uh, we're looking for the, the best event planner ever, someone that can handle in-person, live stream, the whole nine. Um, we're looking for um, a designer, a lead designer, someone that's really going to um, kind of like take all the design skill sets and all that and like get them all corralled up and take this thing to the next level. So if you haven't noticed, we're rolling. And I also want to mention Steve Greenfield. Thank you so much for including us in yeah. this morning's auto. Okay. Oh man. Automotive ventures kind of Intel report. The weekly one uh, gave us a little shout out for, uh, you know, getting, raising the round of dealer investors. Um, did some work, got to release some work on the Asodu brand tenants. There's just a lot going on this morning. Man, um, there's just a lot. I'm, it's like every Monday is just, we we normally get on the phone first thing on Monday and it's like, you got a lot on your brain? Yep, got a lot on your brain? Yep, okay, let's get it going. Let's roll. Let's make every moment count this week. And I think that that's, that's typical of most business owners. It's like, yeah, uh, you know, I used to think back in, you know, high school and college, Mondays were like, oh man, here we come to Monday. But now- as you know, being in business and, and a business owner and just the energy around Monday is actually palpable to me. I, I love getting up, coming to work on Mondays, getting after it, interfacing with other people. Um, and I feel it today. Yeah. Like oh, I feel big time today, big time today. Um, let, let's start and talk about the most important thing, Kyle. Um, you had an interaction with Chipotle, which is kind of like a horror moment turned into apparently a good moment. I haven't heard the story yet. We're like, no, no, don't tell me about it. Let's wait until the show. So yes. this is the first time I'm hearing it too. All right. So set the stage. Uh, you know, we have the baby. And so it's like we got it. You know, a lot of meals right now are order in Chipotle. Just so everyone knows, is four and a half minutes from my house. But because we had a gift card, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to have that thing delivered. No big deal. They deliver all the time. It's really good. Well, we deliver. We get the normal order. We've got the kids' meals and the chips and the guac and the whole nine yards, right? And it, one, takes a little bit longer, which I get it. They're, de they're dealing with DoorDash. But the, the, the DoorDash person went a really weird way back to the house. I was like, where is this, where is this person going? Yeah. So – we get the food and here's here's the element. I mean, online ordering, super easy, not a big deal. My favorite. But we get the food, everything is cold. I'm talking, <sighs> you know, if you if you order delivery from Chipotle, you kind of expect everything to be kind of not on the like piping hot range, but everything is freezing cold. Like they made it immediately instead of waiting for the driver to get there, all of that. So I was like, okay, I can get over that. Right. Got a we have a microwave. Yeah. Let's go. Next, I'm looking around. I'm like, we ordered a ton of chips. What is happening here? Why? Why are our chips not here? The kids. That, that's chips why the there. DoorDash guy took the long way. 
right. He's like, he's like, oh boy. No, he was eating oh. the chips. <laughs> well, these are so good, right? But what's even more interesting is we ordered chips and guac, right? We got the guac. We did. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm fumbling through everything. Amanda comes downstairs from feeding the baby, and she's like, "Did you see this? You ready? This is the part of the story that is just this is magical." And for those that are listening on the podcast, I'm holding up now to the screen. <gasps> I got a note. Let me read it for everybody. It says, says, we all out of chips. We <laughs> Sorry. out of chips. Dot, Sorry. Dot, dot. <laughs> What's my, my daughter with her divine <laughs> wisdom at eight says, goes, get the door dash driver and have him write the down back. the same phrase. It's, it's on a receipt that says, if you'd like the chance at free Chipotle, you should take our survey. Enough said. I was like, oh. <laughs> I don't so, know. I, I still think the DoorDash is the guy, his his handwriting might match the note. <laughs> yeah, if we did some forensics files. So here's here's what happened. So being being the, the man that I am that wants a little bit of free guac every once in a while, <laughs> I make the call to customer service. I got held on hold. Luckily, Chipotle has this thing where they can call you back when an agent gets when an agent gets ready. So it's, so it's like I go, national yeah. customer service. It's not your local stores. Yeah, national. I didn't call the local store because that always goes like, oh, it's DoorDash's yeah. fault, right? Go so right I know, to the call top. national service, the 800 number. Well, I call them. They do the whole agent. It's going to ring you back. Great technology. So I don't have to sit there and wait on hold because they're obviously busy because probably more people don't have chips. I get it. Supply chain issues. They call me back. This was when everything about the chips, everything about the cold food kind of like goes to the wayside because the young lady that calls was just so on point, so dialed in, uh, able to handle my request, immediately express empathy, not totally trash the store, but understand that they did, you know, mess up and then fix the problem in the absolute best way. See, my brain actually would have said, hey, just refund the whole order. We know you'll come back. But instead, this is what she did. She looks at my history, says to me like this, hey, looks like you order quite often from Chipotle. And not just that, but when you do order, you know that when you get rewards, you have to do the $10 if you, if you order delivery or if you go in, you can actually save that and get a free meal. This is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna refund your kids' meals throw your free chips and guac on your referral rewards and throw your entrees back on your rewards. So I still paid for some stuff yesterday, but she threw all the rewards back in, meaning I've got to go back to Chipotle to earn it, but I'm okay with that. You're okay with that because you were anyway. I'm going back anyway. It was absolutely incredible, but this is what was, this is the kicker. At the very end of the call, she goes, you know what's really funny about this whole thing? It feels to me like they went back to the Stone Age to write on paper when all they needed to do was pick up the telephone similar to how you're talking with me. And I was like, at that moment, I go, have you ever thought about being in the automotive industry? <laughs> yes, that's a great call. Where it was, was she? absolutely amazing. So, I mean, there was a whole lot there. Where was and, she? And Did she's, she's in Rochester, New York. Oh, So real close to you. Right down the road. Right down the road. I know, you know, obviously no one there too when she took the call. <laughs> right. We know a couple groups up there. And so I told her, I'm really hoping I didn't want to be like the instigator. I said, look, I want you to find me on LinkedIn. I'm the only comment out here in the world. Please find me. 
and then I will connect you and make sure that you have a life-changing career. Um, so I'm hoping we'll continue the story and see if yes. this young lady has the initiative oh, man. to find me on LinkedIn. This is a today. great story of the making. The great yes. story in the making, you know, that really brings it back to, we were talking about Damon Lesser, one of the Asoto investors, dealer, president of NAMAD, um, bringing in lube techs from quick change, quick change uh, lube places and giving them an amazing opportunity to grow and accelerate. Now, granted, it's still in the same industry, but when we met some of those, we were like, oh my gosh, these, these yes. individuals are everywhere. They're everywhere. Yes. We just need to get them into our stores because things are happening and changing different. They're happening like in ways and at velocities that they've never happened before. I mean, we have we have so many examples of this today. We'll get through as many as we can. Um, you know, one of the first ones, you know, to, to talk about the Academy Awards for a second. Um, you know, we're not talking about Will Smith, but we're talking about the fact that Coda won Best Picture. Coda being the first streaming service produced film to win the award. It used to be wow. dominated by Hollywood, dominated by, you know, picture studios. That era is completely over. And everyone's saying, is this the final nail in the coffin? But I mean, you look at you look at the power and in viewership and the power the production power that these streaming oh, yeah. services have. And the dollars are coming from different places. They're coming from more places than typical. And guess what? They've disrupted now every single norm in the industry. Like it's over. Yes. It's over. Yeah. You know what? Did you see this it? is well one I haven't seen first it. of all, I haven't seen it, but I've heard absolutely incredible things about it. I've watched the trailer a couple of times, but just haven't had the time to read it. Also, coupled with that, Google drops their commercial about Coda, which is children of death deaf adults. Um Drop that this weekend and it was absolutely incredible and jerk I mean, just absolutely like a a a jerk of emotions, but also superhuman. And even if you aren't have had no relationship with someone um, that is deaf or uh, has has parents that are deaf, you understand the reality of the human element of a brand's ability to connect. And I think Apple mm. did that as well. Um, but this is the one that's this is what's kicking me because now I go back and I'm thinking Uber and Taxi, which was the announcement last week. Yep, I'm thinking streaming and Oscars. Yep, thinking Carvana and automotive industry. Yep. Right. It seems like the links back to the industries that these things are a part of are all kind of happening in real time at the same time. And it's the opportunity of the legacy service to capture the audience in the same way and, and shift and adjust. And so I would I'm encouraged. I would say that Hollywood shouldn't be dead, but they should be renewed with vigor to be alive to go, hey. There's Apple TV doing something new, interesting, exciting, capturing audience, an audience that we haven't had the ability to and go after that. Yeah, I mean, that's it's just I mean, it's the mindset of the troublemaker. How yeah. are you going to perceive and absorb the exact same things as everyone else has the opportunity to perceive and absorb? You're going to play defense. You're going to play offense. And how long is it going to take you to shift? Because what are the indicators um, really telling us around there? Speaking of indicators. Stop. Segway. Oh, I got some good comments coming in about change and indicators. So um, there's a Ward's article 
uh, Ward's Automotive article I wanted to talk about this morning. And basically, uh, this is written by Morgan Hansen, the VP of Data Science at uh, JD Power Valuation Services, and David Paris, the Senior yes. Manager of Marketing Insights, also at JD Power uh, Valuation Services. And basically, they say, all the indicators that we've used for years, we just have to let them go. Right. We've been talking about this for a few years where it's just like, well, yeah. year over year doesn't really make sense anymore when last year was a mess. And now we're like the third cycle in where it's like you we can't go back two years and look because it wasn't normal like two Januaries ago. We still right. weren't really normal. So um, they basically said as a result, I'm reading from the article, conventional indicators and benchmarks that once guided automotive decision making will no longer be as effective engaging key market trends to assess used vehicle prices and valuations. Really? Really? Uh, another quote you can't even article. month to month. No, these days. you cannot. Um, here's no. here's another quote from the article. Um, Pandemic variants, supply chain challenges, and economic volatility have created a warped market for new and used vehicles and will continue to disrupt the automotive sector for the foreseeable future according to recent analysis. So in short, we can't look back anymore to see what the future is no. going to be. Like we're just, yeah. we're just in this nimble state where you just have to be hyper aware at a micro level of what's happening now. It's like, yes. we, we can't use it. I would argue lesson. that these cycles have probably happened before in history, but they aren't well documented. Oh, I don't right? know. I don't know. I'd probably push back on that a little bit. Like maybe like I, things like, I mean, can you think of one other thing that has been as disruptive for as long as this? Like, I, I mean, think know. about the 1910s, 20s, and 30s. They just aren't documented like we're documenting it today. They're not glo as global as they are today, but they there were global economy shifts based on what was happening in 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 culture. Yeah, they were. I mean, in culture, yeah. But I'm just even thinking the state of the automotive industry in the 10s and 20s was like. Well, and granted, yeah, the automotive industry wasn't around, but I think businesses have seen shifts like this. I mean, you think yeah, about the macro you know, post World War Three, right? That's I mean, it's very, very World War Two. World War Two, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> whoops. <laughs> post World War Two. I I just think that we are we are seeing this and having to approach it from a newness, but I think historians will look back on this and see the cyclical nature of history. Mm -hmm. But this will be the first time that it's documented in the way that it is. Um, and so we're, we're, we're literally making history at this point, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. I mean, Nathan Southwick makes a comment, says the internet. Yes. The internet made us all say everything we thought about is never going to be the same again. And it took a lot of people a while to figure that out. And most of those people aren't in business anymore or they, subs you know, they suffered substantial, substantial losses. Um, yep. you know, and so, um, like we needed somebody to tell us that, but now it's coming from JD Power, which is you know kind of the establishment, I guess, when yep. it comes to like how should we respond to this? And I think for the last twenty, well, I mean, data data is a trailing indicator, yep. right? And so to to understand whether the trailing indicator can tell you about the leading indicators, then you have to wait. That's and great, so now they're saying, yep, the trailing indicators are, nailed it on what we all are already. They're not said even just trailing now; they're like just disappear, right? <laughs> We, you know, like fading like, indicators. Yeah, they're, they're, they're quickly fading indicators. And, you know, when we look at the, the troublemakers in the industry and the people who have disproportionately um, succeeded, whether that's in sales or service or tech, business development, whatever, they are the people that are living in LinkedIn, clubhouse rooms, conversations like this, you know, things like we're putting out. They're just staying together and talking about these things in real time. Yes. And making decisions based on what they're hearing in real time. And then when the trailing indicators catch up, they use that to inform their decision about the current leading indicator. Like it really is a different mindset on like, 
It's like we're moving forward and we'll make decisions while we're already moving. You know, this is interesting. When um, when the pandemic first started, actually, um, we I was still at a dealer group. And I remember because what what we historically did was able to look at V Auto and our sales reports and service reports to kind of look 30 over 30 or year over year and understand that. But what we did is we built out this whole complex uh, spreadsheet that was able to give us 30, 15, seven, and three day trends. And so I built this whole spreadsheet saying, we have to understand all these trends and how they're related to each other, whether or not they're positive or negative, whether or not things are going up or down, what the indicators are on service ROs and sales sales volume or vehicles and inventory, uh, total, total gross, all of that type of stuff. It was no longer 30 over 30. It was 30, 15, seven, and yeah. three. And we looked at every single one every single day to see the patterns oh, wow. on the way they moved. So- I think that that's the way business has to be looked at. And and looking at those in opposition and, and directly in relationship to each other is going to be necessary for, for business leaders to succeed. Yeah. I mean, it's, hey, it's one of the things that we're trying to, you know, increase the conversation. So if you're listening to this and if you're a service advisor or if you're a GM or a dealer, principal, whatever, talking about these indicators, talking about what's happening in business and culture and technology and automotive, right? Not just automotive, because automotive is going to be a trailing indicator. Right. Yeah. Like you have to take in all the other uh, variables in order to, to understand your leading indicators. Um, we have one more fun one to talk about. Let's end <laughs> on a little bit of a fun note. So, you know, um, uh, that we're fans of the Savannah Bananas baseball team. Jesse Cole, um, I've known him for for a few years now and, you know, had him on my podcast a long time ago, like when they were just just fledgling. But now they're they're getting a lot of play these days. Tons. And it's because they're literally reinventing the game of baseball. You're like, how can you reinvent the game of baseball? Well, Unreal. fans first. <laughs> right. It's customer experience driven. Say baseball games can take long and we need in this attention, intention, you know, ADD culture, we need something to keep it going. So they invented something called banana ball and they're playing all these exhibition games. And you can see if you're not watching, like in the video, there's a guy with sleeveless shirt on and he's at bat against the Savannah bananas. It's almost like Harlem Globetrotters. He hits a fly ball. The fly ball goes over the net behind the plate. A fan catches the ball. And guess what? In banana ball, that counts as an out. So that he's batter out. is out. They walk the fan <laughs> Onto the field. He looks like he just hit the grand slam that won the World Series. They're lifting his arm in the air, and he's trying to keep that, like, baseball serious face, right? Like, this is no big deal, right? And so they've done that to change the rules. Um, they, they have this other crazy rule. I don't know if we have a video for this, but if on ball four, there are no walks in banana ball, right? Because walks are boring, right? right? The guy kind of, yes. like, throws his Trudges down, down to first, yeah. And, and in this, it becomes a sprint. The second ball four is called. He can start running. And as many bases as he can get before every member of the defense has to touch the ball. So you see the whole defense like get into this game where they, they start throwing it because every outfielder, every infielder has to hit the ball. And then <laughs> they all converge. They, they do. Right? And then once yeah. they hit the ball, everyone touches it. Then it's a live ball and they can tag the runner out. So the runner's sprinting because he can try to make it to second base. And they do this whole thing where they, they play this game. Oh, yeah, we're going to play the video. And so you can see in the. The catcher jumps up like he's trying to throw somebody out, and they're just flipping the ball back and forth, back and forth, converging. And the guy gets to second base, and just in time, they tag him out. Just like it's a steal. So much fun. So, so much fun. And the clock counts down. It's it's uh, right? it's absolutely amazing. It's like, oh, no, we don't have enough time left for the rest of this game. It's great. Yeah, and so great. all of that to say, everything from 
Kyle Chipotle's story to the indicators, to uh, the indicator story of what J.D. Powell was saying about leading indicators, trailing indicators. We can't use the metrics we've used to use. Uh, Coda winning the Academy Award. The Savannah Bananas reinventing baseball. If you haven't gotten the point yet, there is massive opportunity in this season so much. to redefine what the automotive industry experience is for consumers. Did you get that yet? There it is. All right. I know. We went way long. There We're so is. excited on a Monday. We're going to trigger the music. Woo! If you haven't got it yet, but you are listening to this or reading this, you are part of the troublemaking solution. So get back in there, cause some trouble, and let's bring it like we've never brought it before. Yeah.